What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. I'm expecting celebration, emancipation, and restoration. Every day in Jesus' name. Amen. God, we tell you we are open and we are ready. God, I pray that nothing would block or stop or hinder your word from going forth. I pray, God, that scales will fall off our ears. Scales will fall off our eyes. That means we will hear correctly. That means we will see correctly. And then, God, if their scales are off of our eyes and our ears, that means that the scales are also off of our mouth, which means we will speak correctly and we will declare correctly. And we pray that today as your word goes forth, miracles signs and wonders follow the word i pray god that this will be a miraculous month i pray god that while this is a month that we will conquer many things god let us see what we've not seen before let us experience with you what we have not experienced before and for that we say thank you and we release praise in advance of what you're about to speak to us in jesus name come on can you just take five seconds right there can you just take five seconds right there? Hallelujah. 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 Let's go to work. Like this video. Tell us where you're watching from and share. Even if you're watching the replay or the podcast, when you share, people get saved. Listen, all this month, our series has been conquering curses. And we understand that what uh, curses are something that God has equipped us and empowered us to conquer. Just because Jesus has paid the price for sin, he's paid the price for anything and everything we would ever deal with. Just because the price has been paid doesn't mean that there's not a process for you to walk out. It doesn't mean that there's not some things you're going to have to do. See, Jesus has given us everything that we need, but we still got to work what he gave us. And I'm so excited. You're not the lazy type of Christian that just wants everything handed and done for you. You're the type that says we'll fight. And when we fight, we win. Romans 837 says in all these things, what things and anything we confront and anything that we come against and anything that we face. We are what? More than conquerors, which means we didn't just conquer it. We watch me. We conquered it to tell somebody else about it. What you do not know about the person that you're watching this with, about the person that you're sitting next to, is just how much they had to conquer in private, that you're just about to see the results of it in public. 
I'm preaching to some people today where you have been through a lot of hell and high water. You've been through a lot of mess, junk, and drama, but you conquered it and you're still standing. I got to get forward in this world, but I need to make sure I'm in the building and online with some survivors. Some people that can say, I have been through way more than what it looks like. For some of you, you have been through way more than your age looks like. You've lived the life at 30 that people in their 60s and 70s have lived. You've lived the life in your 50s that people in their 80s and 90s have lived. Every conqueror, open up your mouth and shout, I am more than a conqueror. In all these things, whatever I face, I'm a conqueror. No matter who comes against me, I'm a conqueror. No matter what tries to block me, I'm a conqueror. No matter what tries to stop me, I'm a conqueror. No matter what tries to make me think I'm unworthy, I'm a conqueror. No matter what tries to resist me, I'm a conqueror. What if I told you the greater your resistance, the greater your results? Which means you're going to have a story to tell some people because you're like David. You're fighting giants that are way bigger than you. But what if I told you you're going to conquer every single one of them this month? Come on, open your mouth and say, and I am more than a conqueror. There are two types of curses that I've taught you. Number one, generated curses. Mark 7, 13 says that the word of God, you have made the word of God of no effect through your tradition, through your words and through your actions, which you have handed down. And many such things you do. A generated curse is something that you have done. And it's generated by the words that you speak. And it's generated by the actions that you take, which means there are certain words you speak that curse you. you got to be careful that you do not curse yourself and get mad that you're the one that cursed yourself out. Because you will say things like this, I'm broke, that's a curse. You'll say things like, I can't, that's a curse. You'll say things like, nothing ever works for me, that's a curse. You'll say things like, I don't have help, that's a curse. You will literally damn yourself up and curse yourself because of what you spoke. And number says, I will give you exactly what I heard you say. Which means for some of you, this is going to be the month where you change your vocabulary. And when you change your vocabulary, you're about to come up out of the valleys that you've been in. Instead of saying, woe is me, you need to say, watch me, victorious is me. Mm. Instead of saying, I'm so low, you need to say, I'm so high. Instead of saying, nothing is working, you need to say, all things work together for my good. Why? Because I refuse to curse myself. In fact, God, we pray right now that every curse we have spoken out of our mouths about ourselves, that it be canceled right now. If we could speak it and it release a curse, then we can speak it and it cancel a curse. Please type in the comments and say, I cancel the curse. But then your actions can set a curse into motion. I've been teaching you all this month from the book of Malachi how the Lord said that when they did certain things that it would release a curse. That it would bring something negative towards them. What is a curse? Generically, it's an empowerment to fail. Which means no matter what you do, no matter how you try, it has to end in failure and death. And for some of you, you here's how you know you're a curse breaker. Because you're the first one to get as many wins in your family as you have. You're the first one to line up as many victories in your bloodline as you have. Watch me. And this is why for some of you, it's difficult being around them because they think you think you're better than them because of the victories that you have. But what they don't recognize is you don't know what I have to go through to conquer those things in the first place. It says, making the word of God of no effect. So it's not that the word doesn't work. It's just that it's not working for you. It's not that the word isn't powerful. It's not working for you. Some people say, this is why I don't do church. This is why I don't do preachers. This is why I don't do better. Mm -mm. It's not that it doesn't work. It's just not working for you because your words curse you. Your actions curse you. And what's what the Bible says? In many such things you do, which means it's not one thing you got to conquer. It's going to be multiple things you got to conquer. But what if I told you this is the month God set aside for you to do it all in one month. 
I'm going to give you an opportunity Sunday to release praise. Listen, listen why. Is that this is going to be the month where you're going to do it all in one month. Which means there's these many things that you've done through words and action. This is going to be the month where those many things are conquered. On three, I need you to release a praise like you're conquering everything. One, two, three, go, 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 go. And many such things. And many such things are about to be conquered. Come on, YouTube, and many such things are about to be conquered. Come on, elbow somebody say, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. But then number two, there are generational curses. And what is that? This is a destructive pattern of behavior that's passed down and around, which means you got it from somebody that which came before you in your bloodline or your family, or you got it from someone that you were around. Because some of you may say, Bishop, I'm adopted. Bishop, I wasn't raised by my father. I wasn't raised by my mother. Pay attention. This is spiritual, which means you didn't have to be. It is passed down and around. Think of it this way. There are certain things that, genetically speaking, can be in you from someone you've never met simply because it's passed down in your DNA. It's the same principle spiritually. You do not have to meet them in order to be just like them. You do not have to even have interacted with them to be just like them because it's spiritual. And I need you to hit me. You won't repeat what you were born to be. I'm going to say that, and I need you to drop that in the comments. I won't repeat what I was born to be. Can I just make a song out of it? Say, I won't repeat what I was born to be. Say it with me, y'all. Say, I won't repeat what I was born to be. I won't repeat what I was born to be. Say it again, y'all. I won't repeat what I was born to be. Now, what is this? In the Bible, there are three forms of sin, three forms of sin. Number one, sin, which means to make a mistake or to miss the mark. It's an archery term. This means I was aiming for one thing, but I hit another thing. Number two, transgression. This is to willfully deviate from what you know to be right. So sin is, I didn't know I was supposed to grab the towel. It was a mistake. Transgression is, I knew I wasn't supposed to grab the towel. I did it anyhow. Let's stop right there. For some of us, you ready? What you have called sin really isn't sin. It's been your transgression because I'm grown. I'm going to do what I want to do, how I want to do it. I'm so glad that he forgives and covers all of it. I don't know about you, but I may not be where I want to be, but I can thank God that I am not where I used to be. Why? Because he's making me better. And what used to be transgression, watch me, he's shutting that down. Where I used to make mistakes and miss the mark, he's shutting that down. But here's the third one I want to focus on, iniquity. Iniquity is also known as a generational curse. Because iniquity is to perpetuate sin and transgression, passing it down and around. Say down and around. Say down and around. Say down and around. This is how it works. You ready? This is how it works. Is that it's either in your bloodline or in your family or it's around the people that you are around. This is why you have to be careful. Listen to me. That sometimes when the enemy's trying to get you to get caught up in some curses, he will put you around people that are carriers. And when he puts you around people that are carriers, you will think that you're the one that's influencing them when they're really the ones that's influencing you. Because since it's spiritual, all they have to do is get around you for that thing to get on you. And I don't know who I'm talking to. For some of you, God's been telling you there's certain people you need to cut the cord with. 
in your family. There are certain people you need to cut the cord with that used to be your friends. Certain people you need to cut the cord with that have been around you. Because if you don't cut that cord, you're about to pick up something that's going to try to shut down the next 10 years of your life. But I wish you'd open up your mouth and say, but this month, come on, I'm conquering every curse. I... Why is it important to focus on uh, conquering iniquity? Because Proverbs says this. It says, destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. Now pay attention. Why does it say workers of iniquity? Because literally he's saying, this is something that you're choosing to practice. This is something that you're choosing to do. But watch me. If I can work iniquity, that means I can quit iniquity. If I can work it, that means I can quit it. And for some of y'all, you need to submit your resignation of iniquity. You need to say, listen, I've been doing this because it was passed down and around. But here's the question. Instead of saying, this is just how I am, you need to ask this question. Is this his best me? Instead of just saying, this is just who I am, the question is, is this his best me? Pay attention to the wording. It's not, am I my best self? No. The question is, is this his best me? Because if he formed me, if he shaped me, if he sent me, then he knows the best version of myself. What if some of what you were going through right now was to bring out the best version of you, and you've been fighting it, but God says, I need you to stop the fight. Would you please shut somebody in the building, type it in the comments, say, stop fighting God, stop fighting God. Why? Because he's got to get you to stop working iniquity. He's got to get you to stop practicing iniquity. Why? Because it brings destruction. It'll destroy your business. It'll destroy your family. It'll destroy your life. It'll destroy your 20s. It'll destroy your 30s. It'll destroy your self-esteem. It'll destroy your sense of self. It'll destroy your sense of purpose. It'll destroy your sense of love. And for some of you, things keep ending up in destruction. And you're trying to figure out why. You ready? It's because the Bible says destruction is going to come if you work iniquity. But I need you to make this declaration and say, but I quit iniquity today. I quit it. I quit even with an amazing upbringing. Because some of you say, Bishop, I don't believe that I got no generational curse. I had a great mom. You're not listening. I had a great dad. I'm not listening. You're not listening. Because even with an amazing upbringing, we've all been shaped in iniquity. Just because that's the way you were shown doesn't mean that's the way it should be. Just because that's what was done to you doesn't mean that's the way to do it. Just because this is the way you've practiced it doesn't mean that's the way to practice it. Everybody look at me. Christians are notorious for saying God changed me. And then when he changes you, you try to revert back to what he changed you from. Christians are notorious for saying, Lord, I want to be everything you want me to be. And then God says, well, then that means you can't be like your mama then. Because even though your mama's nice, your mama never became her best me. Her best version of what I sent her to be. Even though your daddy's nice, watch me. That's not everything I made him to be. Every time he got close to a breakthrough, he gave up. Every time he got close to a breakthrough, he settled. Every time he got close to doing something amazing, he couldn't handle the pressure. But you, you are the curse breaker in your bloodline. You're the line crosser in your bloodline. You're the history maker in your bloodline. Open your mouth, say, God, reshape me. Even with an amazing upbringing, we've all been shaped in iniquity. So this isn't an indictment on anybody. This is just simply a revelation that we've all been shaped in iniquity. Look at Psalm 51.5. David says, behold. In other words, look at me. David says, if you look at me, you're going to see that there's some things that I was shaped in that were passed down and around. But then he's saying, behold, I'm looking at myself. Because when I look at myself... There are some things that I was shaping. That's an old, old English word. Shaping means this happened over time. 
This didn't happen instantly. This happened over time. And what was he shaped in? Iniquity. Everybody say iniquity. Well, what is that? That's generational sin that's, and transgression that's passed down and around. Can I give you some examples with David who makes this verse? David, pay attention. David is in the bloodline of a woman named, you ready? Rahab. Rahab's responsibility is she was the town madam. She literally ran a house uh, where they did various things. All right, pay attention, pay attention. So there's sexual promiscuity that is now in the bloodline. Pay attention. What does David struggle with? Mm, sexual promiscuity. David, even though the Bible teaches he was married to this woman named uh, Abigail. And the Hebrews say that Abigail was one of the finest Hebrew women to ever live. The Bible says that one day he's out on the roof looking and he sees Bathsheba. Pay attention. What was it in him that had a desire for her even though he had the best? I don't like your silence. What was it in him that made him say, I want more, even though he had the best that there was to offer? It was because his iniquity that shaped him made him think that he wasn't complete unless he had another. The iniquity that shaped him made him think that something was missing, something was broken, and something was lacking, even though he had everything that he needed. Pay attention. So what happens to his son? His son Solomon deals with it on a whole nother level because Solomon has 700 wives and 300 concubines, which are girlfriends on payroll. Now pay attention. I don't know about you. That's way too many. 700 wives. Let's do the math. There's 365 days of the year. You can't, you're gonna have, you can't even just see one a day. Of just your wives, you got to see two a day. Then with your girlfriends, Solomon, sir, you wore out. You, 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 Solomon. Okay, listen. Come on, this this grown church, right? Solomon, you got to see three and a half a day. Listen, that's that's a lot. Okay, everybody, pay attention. Why did Solomon deal with it on a whole nother level? Because his father didn't conquer it, so now it's passed down, passed around. So now Solomon deals with the same issue. Y'all ready? Let's go. Look at this. How we were shaped impacts the who, the what, the where, the when, and the how. We select how we handle these five things. How you're shaped impacts the who, what, where, when, how. We select how we handle. Number one, anger. The way you handle anger, you think, this is how I handle it. No, that's how you were shaped to handle it. Because in your home, you maybe saw people slamming doors and acting crazy. And so you think, it, watch me, it ain't, you ain't doing it unless everybody acting a fool. For some of you, you saw people shut down and not speak. Watch me. And so you think that's the way it's supposed to be. For some of you, you never ever saw it but because it's spiritual. It was passed down to you. So you will literally say, this is just how I am. And God says, but no, that's not my best version of you that's available. Number two, the way you handle business, the way you handle your business. Watch me. You've been shaped to handle business a certain way. Sometimes uh, you may be very sloppy. Your, your bills are all over the place. Your credit's all over the place. Stuff is all over the place. You just spend money, don't know what you got, don't know what's going on. And then you'll blame the devil. And you always need a financial breakthrough. And it's not that you need a financial breakthrough. It's that your iniquity has got your business messed up. But I prophesy that this month, wherever your anger and your business has not been proper, that this month, that's going to change. You're going to conquer those curses. 
Number three, let's go. The way you handle change. Some people love to pray for change, but they don't like to actually implement change. They like to pray for change, but they don't actually like to do change. But what's going to happen, watch me, is that when you've been shaped in iniquity, the way you handle change is impacted. The way you handle disappointment. Some people, we see disappointment, you get up and you fight again. But others, you see disappointment, you're like, this is it. It's over. I'm done. I can't do it. It's not going to work. Lastly, your emotions. The way you handle your emotions are based on how you were shaped. That's not necessarily the real you. That's not necessarily the right way to handle it. And for some of you, this is going to be the month where you're going to see these five areas. You're about to get these in check. Why? Because you're about to conquer every curse. You're about to conquer your anger. You're about to conquer how you handle your business. You're about to conquer how you handle change. You're going to conquer how you handle disappointment. And you're going to conquer how you handle emotions. So, Bishop... What has shaped me? What has shaped me? You've been shaped by what you've seen. The certain things you've seen that have shaped you. And this is why when the enemy's trying to mess with you, what he will do is ensure that your household is filled, filled with things that you see that will scar you. Things that you see that will taint you. Things that you see that will jack you up and mess you up. Things that you see that you will not know how to process. Look, but you're also shaped by what was sown into you. What was spoken to you? What you call stupid? What you call dumb? What you call you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're too dark, you're too light, you're too white, you're too bright, you're too this, you're too that. These things have shaped you and what's practiced as a child becomes normal as a teen then permanent as an adult. But you better hear me. There's some reshaping that's about to happen in your life. Oh my God. Come on. I need you to type that online and say God's about to reshape me. He's about because if I'm not the best version that he created me to be then God, I give you permission to reshape me. Hear me. He's not going to fight you to reshape you. You got to be open and ready. Please say, I'm open and I'm ready. Say, Lord, reshape me, reshape me, reshape me. But you're also shaped by what, look at me, by what you've not seen. But it's spiritually passed down and around. See, this is the enigma of a generational curse because there's certain things you've never seen. My book, Sins of the Fathers, and I'm not teaching you this because I'm trying to sell a book. Just so you know, 100% of the sales of my books all go to the church. I don't take a dime for it. It's always been that way. I've never done it differently. So I just want to tell you when I'm saying this, I'm saying it simply because <clears throat> uh, there's something, there's a principle you need to get from the book. Pay attention. And when I open, the opening story of the book is about a man. It is a true story because this man literally never met his father. His father was a womanizer. His father was an abuser. His father was an inconsistent man. His father was a man that had a lot of daddy and everybody. His father was a rolling stone. Wherever he laid his hat was his home. His father had a lot of mess and drama. This man never met his father, but he was just like his father. He was an abuser. This man, uh, it was a womanizer. You ready? You ready? This man, I know this man. I know this man. Listen to me. I share that story to open up the book because the power and the principle of a generational curse is that he never, ever met his father. In fact, his father was murdered while his mother was pregnant with him. But there was something that jumped from the father 
and went to the sun. And for some of you, you keep saying, well, I don't know this person. I don't know this person. I don't know this person. One of the best things you could ever do as a parent is sit your children down and say, now this is what our bloodline has dealt with. This is what our family has dealt with. And this is what you got to conquer because I didn't. This is what we've got to conquer because we refuse to perpetuate. We refuse to carry on what we are supposed to conquer. I need you to open up your mouth one more time and say, and I'll conquer every curse. I'll so Numbers 14, 18, you've seen this scripture all this month. It says, the Lord is slow to anger. That means he's patient with you. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that God is patient with me. Patience is not just waiting. Patience is how you act while you wait. Patience is the level of endurance your character can take before becoming negative or being delayed or provoked. And God says, before you provoke me, I'm patient with you. Even though you've done some crazy things, I'm patient with you. I just want to hear the worship of those in the building and online where you're grateful for God's patience with you. Would you open your mouth and praise him for three seconds and worship him for three seconds right there? Three, two. Come on, say, he's patient with me. The Lord is patient. He's slow to anger, and he abounds in steadfast love. What's mercy? Uh, this is called mercy, uh, steadfast love. And what is mercy? Mercy is when God blocks something negative that you do deserve. Grace is when God gives you something good you don't deserve. But mercy is when God blocks something negative that you do deserve. God, in the verse, he's specific that I give you mercy. Somebody say mercy. Come on. Mercy means you should have died, but I blocked him. You should have lost everything, but I blocked him. You should be six feet under, but I blocked it. You should have lost everything that was in your name, but, you, but I blocked it. I don't know about you, but I know there's some stuff that God stepped in and he blocked it. You should have lost everything, but he blocked it. You should have committed suicide, but he blocked it. You should have died from that gunshot, but he blocked it. You should have died at the club, but he blocked it. I just need you to open up your mouth and say, thank God that he blocked it. Thank he said, I'm merciful. Watch me. Forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty. What does this mean? Let me have the black mug there. What does this mean? It's something that's been set into motion that it will stay in motion. You've seen me use this because I need you to catch this principle. It's going to stay in motion until somebody conquers it. This is the month where God says, I need you to be the one to conquer it. It's gone on long enough. It's happened long enough. And sometimes you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Sometimes you got to be the one that says, you know what? Enough is enough and it ends with me. I don't care that it happened to Mama Neil. I don't care that it happened to Daddy Neil. I don't care that it happened to the people I grew up around. I am the interruption to the dysfunction in my bloodline. Poverty is going to end with me. Living from paycheck to paycheck is going to end with me. Not knowing what I'm going to do for money is going to end with me. Being in bad relationships is going to end with me. Being in jacked up family situations is going to end with me. Having messed up relationships, it's going to end with me. Come on, say, it's going to end with me. It's going to end with me. So what does the Bible say? He by no means clears the guilty. So once you set something in motion, just because God forgives you, it does not stop what you set in motion. This is important to understand because a lot of people say, I, I prayed about it and I asked the Lord to forgive me. That's great. He forgives you. But there are certain things that you've set into motion. There are certain things that have begun to roll down the bloodline. Certain things that have begun to roll down the family situation. Certain things that are passed down and around and it will continue until you interrupt it. Most people don't know. That's why I taught you 
this past week uh, in the message, you've been cursed out. I began to teach you all of the different things that the Bible identifies as curses. Because there's a lot of stuff that people will look at and say, this is just how the women in our family are. No! This is just how the men in our family are. No! This is just how the people in my city are. No! What is the need for you if you're going to be like everybody else? What is the need for you if you are not going to interrupt the dysfunction? So what does it do? It shows up to do what? To pastor you. And I've taught you this means it's going to preach to you. It'll teach you, lead you, incorrectly correct you, direct you, oversee you, try to care for you, deposit empty you. The iniquity of the fathers to the children to the third and fourth generation, which means you are dealing with anywhere from 150 to 400 years of baggage that has been passed down and around. That's a lot of baggage. And for some of you, this is why even when you're making decisions, there's a lack of clarity. Why? Because all of this baggage is in the room. All of this baggage is in the situation. All of this baggage is in your mind. And so now this thing is trying to run you. But this month, you're about to reverse that. I'm almost done. But I need to make sure I'm speaking to some cursed conquerors and cursed breakers why you say conquering curses bishop because to conquer a curse you have to confront a curse which means there's some things this month you have to say i have to confront that thing so that i can conquer that thing i gotta look at it head on and sometimes look at me it's difficult to look at it because you thought it was you it's difficult to look at it because you thought this is part of me. This is my personality. This is my character. This is just how I am. It's difficult to look at it because you've literally attached what was a curse. You've attached it and made it part of your personality. You made it part of your character, but it's not part of your personality. It's not part of your character. There's some curses that you have got to break and you have to make the decision that it ends with me. So how does God do this? Say, God reshapes me. Come on, Sunday, say, God reshapes me. And that's what he's doing. Last verse and we're done. Last verse and we're done because that's this message. God's reshaping you. In Jeremiah chapter 18, we see these words released to the prophet Jeremiah. And he says, arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will let you hear my words. Everybody look at me. Notice the sequence. He says, get up and go down. In other words, Pay attention to the sequence. He says, for you to conquer curses, the first thing you will have to do is make the decision to get up. Make the decision that this has got to change. But right after you make that decision, it may seem like there's a decline. And for some of y'all, you don't even recognize what you feel like as a decline is really proof that you're conquering a curse. He says, arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will let you hear my words, which means church is the reshaping factory. That's why if I were you, I wouldn't miss it. If Watch me. And I don't miss it. And I was this way before I was a shepherd. I was this way before I was a pastor. You were not going to get me to miss church. Why? Because I recognized that every time I heard the word, it was reshaping me. And not only was I being reshaped, but watch this, I got to update. And for some of you, the shape that you're in is not the shape that he sent you to be. The shape that you're in is not the shape that's going to produce what you needed. Pay attention to this. Pay attention to it. Pay attention to it. Okay, so, so I got my little blocks. I got my blocks. All right, say God is reshaping me. Come on, type it in the comments. Say God is reshaping me. Now, now pay attention. Now, this shape, you listen. All right, watch me. Right, let me build my little blocks. Okay, let me build my little blocks up here. Because some of you, watch me. What you're trying to do requires you to be this shape. The problem is, is that unless he reshapes you, you won't be able to do what you're trying to do. You ready? Because it doesn't fit. 
It doesn't work. It looks awkward. It doesn't go the way it's supposed to. So God says, what I have to do is I have to reshape you. Ready? Because what I've designed for you, what I've planned for you, what I've prepared for you, it requires you to be the right shape to fit in the door. I'll say it again. It requires you to be the right shape to fit in the door. For some of you, like, God, open doors. God is like, I did open a door, but your shape is off. You're looking a little wide. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. You're looking like you can't get through the door. Why? Because you got all this baggage that you're trying to bring in. You can't fit through this door because you're bringing all this baggage with you. You're bringing all this mess with you. You're bringing all this mess with you. Get, get their bags. Get their bags. Get all their bags. Get all their bags. We're going to get them to you. Get all their bags. 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 Get, there's a bag over here. Come on, hurry up. Hurry up. There's a bag over here. Let's go. Let's go. There's a bag over here. I need you to get all these bags. Come on, come on. Get this bag here. Get this bag here. Come on, get all the bags. Get all the bags. Get all the bags. Get all the bags. Okay, okay. All right. You got all of that. Now, now, now. Okay. All right. Let me add some stuff. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come on. All right. You got all these bags. Ooh, a lot of bags. A lot of stuff. This is what you look like. Mm -hmm. You got all this stuff that you've been carrying for years that's been passed down and that's been passed around. And all it is is weight. This is why you're so tired. Come on up here, camera four. This is why you're so tired. This is why you have no energy. This is why when you pray, your prayers are so generic and bland. Because you just, Lord, just help me. Because this, look, and every time you try to do something, you keep dropping what you're holding. You keep dropping what you're trying to do. And here's the problem. You're trying to get through a door that God has already opened. God says, I've already opened and prepared this door for you. Here's the problem. Watch me. Just because I've opened the door doesn't mean there's not some obstacles that are in front of that door that you're going to have to deal with. But the problem is, is that you got too much baggage so you can't deal with the obstacle. So I got to change your shape so that you can deal with the obstacle so you can, oh my God, so you can get through your door. And for some of you, this month, God says, I've been reshaping you. I've been taking some stuff off of you. This isn't you. This is just what was passed down and around because I've got a great and effective door that's open for you. And now that you've dropped your baggage, now that you've conquered your curses, you can actually deal with the obstacle and you can get up and make it through your I need you to just open up your mouth like you're about to walk through every door that God has ordained for you. Like you're about to take every opportunity God has ordained for you. Come on, release your praise for five seconds right there. Go five, four, three, two, one. Come on, somebody say it's happening this month. And these next six months will be the best six months of your life. And every door you couldn't walk through. And every opportunity you could not seize. Because of all your baggage, you're about to walk through it. Somebody say, I'm about to walk through it. Say it again. I'm about to walk through it. I'm about to walk through it. This month. Come on, let's go. Everybody stand. In the building and at home. In the building and at home. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Let me see. Look at me. He says, verse 3, there he was working at his wheel. How does a potter shape clay? He spins it. Look at me. Many of you have areas of your life that feel like they're spinning out of control. Wave at me if I'm talking to you in them comments. Wave at me in this room. You're like, what the heaven, hell, and earth is going on with this? What if God said, I am reshaping it? 
and to reshape it, I have to spin you to shape you. Look at me. What you have been mad about, God says, I'm spinning you to shape you. What you've been upset about, God says, I have to spin you to shape you. Here's what I need you to do. Say, I won't fight the spin. Come on, say it again. I won't fight the spin. Listen to me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Verse 3, there he was working at his will. God is working on you. And that's what this whole series has been about, is God, work on me. Because I recognize all of this stuff that I thought was part of me was none of me. You have carried your stank attitude for years. That's not you. You've carried your insecurities for years. That's not you. That's a curse so that you never walk through a door because you're too scared to. You've carried, I'm just shy. That's just how I am. That's not part of your personality. How do you know? God did not give us a spirit of fear. The word fear there is the word timidity, which means God says, I didn't make you to be shy. That's not you. This thing has been on you. It's been passed down, but this is not you. So he has to spin you. Say, he spins me to shape me. Watch me. The faster he spins you, that means the quicker he shapes you. I'm going to say it again. The faster he spins you, the quicker he shapes you. Now, I'm about to give everybody, there's something called scream therapy, where you just have to holler in order to deal with the spin. You scream to deal with your spin. And for some of you, you're like, Bishop, there's areas of my life that's been spinning out of control. And I'm like, what is going on? What if I told you the faster the spin, the quicker he shaped you. And the only way to deal with the spin is to let him do it. Listen to me. Look at me. Look at me. If you get off of the wheel, you won't be the right shape. This is why quitting is not an option for you. I know everybody else in your family does it, but you can't. I know everybody else that you grew up with does it, but you, can, you cannot do what they do. So we're about to have scream therapy. And when we scream, we're going to put a praise behind it. For every person where you got some areas that have been spinning, I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, you're going to literally scream. You're going to hollow. You say, Bishop, I got kids in my house. Well, they're about to wake up now. They should have been looking at the Harvest Kids lessons online in the first place. Listen, I'm at my job. Step outside because I need you to holler because we're about to have scream therapy. Why? Because for every area that's been spinning and spinning quickly, I just got revelation. God is reshaping me. He's making me think different, see different, handle it different. One, two, it's scream therapy in the building. Ain't no lie. One, two, three, scream right there. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Hey, he's spitting me to shape me. He's spitting me to shape me. It's not punishment, it's reshaping. It's not punishment, it's reshaping. It's not negative, it's positive. It's not bad, it's good. Say, spin me to shape me. Verse four, and we're done. Verse four, and the vessel he was making was spoiled. What does that mean? Unfit, lesser quality. Treated too leniently. It was spoiled. God says, you keep it. Why are they always tough on me? God says, because you won't be spoiled, Clay. Shut up. 
God says it was lesser quality than what it was supposed to be. Here's the crazy thing about a series like Conquering Curses. If you got money, you got a house, you got a car, you may think, I'm good. Nothing could possibly need to be conquered in my life. But it's lesser quality than what he died for. It's lesser quality than what it could be. If money solved everything, pay attention, there wouldn't be people committed suicide that got lots of money. Unfit. He says, it was in his hand. This is my shout. You can be in his hand and still be spoiled. You can be in his hand and still be unfit. Lesser quality. This is why a lot of Christians will say, what's going on, God? What's happening? Because you can be in his hand and still not shaped the way he desires for you to be shaped. But this month, come on, I need to teach y'all something. When we put dates on things, you got to say that out of your mouth because life and death are in the power of your tongue. Say, but this month, but this month, he reworked it. Shut your mouth into another vessel. Shut up. Pay attention. Not literally shut up, but this is good. Okay, look at me, look at me, look at me. Say, he's reshaping me. God says, you were, let me have that cut there. You were, uh-huh. You, you were, you were one way. You were one thing. All right, matter of fact, give me that plastic bottle because that looks like some cheap water. All right, listen. You were, this is what you were. This is what you were. But watch me, anybody can have that. Anybody can be that. Anybody can do that. But you say, I'm the curse breaker. And he reworked it. Watch me, not into a fresh version of what it was. He reworked it into another vessel, which means I'm not even this anymore. I've been upgraded to something totally different. I don't like your silence. And I can carry more and I can do more. You ready? And I'm worth more. I wish you'd open up your mouth and say he's reshaping me into another vessel God says there's so much for you to carry so much for you to do this can't get you into certain places this can I'm reshaping you into an entirely different vessel vessel to carry something to do something look at this last part as it seemed good to who the potter look at me not you here's the crazy thing in modern Christianity is we want him to reshape us into what we want him to reshape us into. Lord, this is how I want to look. This is how I want to be. This is, this, is, this is the way I want to do it. And God says, I'm going to reshape you into what seems good to me, to God. You ready? Say, Lord, reshape me. Here's the one assignment I have in today's message. What areas is he spinning? that you have been fighting. Have you ever tried to stop the spin cycle on your washing machine? (laughs) And if you got an older washing machine, you might not come out without a little scratch. Look at me. God says, some of you, you're trying to interrupt the spin cycle. So what happens? You keep stopping it. You keep stopping it. And every time you stop the spin cycle, Watch me. It may slow down. You ready? But it's not done. So the moment you start it again, it's got to go right back. For some of you, here's my assignment to tell you today. Let him finish the spin. Stop complaining about the spin. 
Stop fighting the spin. Just say, Lord, in this spin, let these curses fall off of me. In this spin, let me conquer these curses. In, these, in this spin, show me what needs to change. In this spin, get off of me what needs to get off of me. In this spin, let me see what I need to change. In this spin, let things be different for me. Don't let me leave the spin to only have to go get spun again. What if I told you by the end of this month, listen, only shout right here if you receive this. If you don't receive this, don't you do nothing. But if you receive this, you shout here. What if I told you your spin cycle is over this month? YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter. What if I told you that your spin cycle was over this month? Come on, shout, yes, Lord, right there. He's reworking you into a totally different vessel. A totally different vessel. Which means you won't even recognize you. That's the whole idea. You won't even recognize how you've become this. That's the whole idea. Listen, if you're watching me right now, none of what I just preached applies to you unless you're a Christian. Today, if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure wherever you're at, on the count of three, you're going to slip your hand up online. Do the hand wave emoji or say it's me. Secondly, if you give your life to the Lord but you've not been faithful to him, today is your day to recommit yourself to him. And thirdly, if you're like Bishop Foreman, I don't know where things stand with the Lord, but I want to be sure. There's nothing worse than having an opportunity to make things right with the Lord and missing it. Tomorrow is not promised. What if today was your last day on the planet? And I don't say that to scare you. I don't say that to scare you into doing right. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that draws men into repentance. Today, if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure on three, you do the hand wave emoji or say it to me. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. When you respond to the comments, I've got online ambassadors that are watching because we literally want to celebrate you. One, this is your moment. Don't miss it. Two, don't deny him. Jesus said if you deny him publicly, he'll deny you. Don't miss your moment. One, two, three. If that's you, I need you to respond right now. Do that hand wave emoji or say it's me. Whatever platform you're on, Facebook, YouTube, <clears throat> Twitch, Twitter, wherever you're watching, on our app, in our website, type it in the comments. It's me. I do that hand wave emoji. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. If I fall or if I fail, give me the grace to get right back up again. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. Reshape me, Lord. I won't fight the spin cycle. It's for my good. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, recommitted yourself to the Lord, or you're now sure, all you have to do is text the word HARVEST to 55498 or scan the QR. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word DECISION to 55498 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you and our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.